Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Travel. The Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Kind, he's fun, he's full of energy, he's sensitive, and he never ever gets grumpy. And Sherry. She's a fantastic mother. Hell of a role model. You could never do better than that for a mother. And now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. And a big old welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. I feel so great today, I really do. Because I've been proven correct, and nothing <laughs> makes me feel better than that. People Honey, know kind, that. Tell me about your victory. What happened? Yeah. Well, it, it's never about anything that's terribly important because I've never been a very serious person. But since this show went on the air, every time pizza would be brought up, and let's face it, almost everybody loves pizza, I always say, well, I am the best judge of pizza because I am from New Haven, Connecticut originally, and they have the best pizza in America. And people would groan and groan, and they would say, well, how do you know that? I'd say, because in taste tests year after year, there have been one, there has been one restaurant that's always number one, and that is Pepe's Restaurant, which has been in New Haven and still has a coal-fired uh, oven, and it's grandfathered into it. And it's been operating for about 75 years. And there are people that line up for an hour to get into this small restaurant. And then next to it is a competitor called Sally's and another one called Modern. It's the Italian district of New Haven, right? Well, once again, about two months ago, what's the best pizza in America? And it's Pepe's Pizza. So <laughs> I, I am going, taking care of some family business in New Haven. And my daughter, Allie, wanted to come along with her husband, Tim. And I said, certainly. So the two of them, they've never been in that part of the country before. And I was a tour guide. And I said, we're going to Pepe's Pizza. And so I say, come along with me. I know how to get there. We get the rental car. We, we hunt and peck for a place to park. There's no, you know, parking lot or anything. Finally find it. And we get in line. And the line is uh, about a half a block. And I said, I told you we're going to have to wait. And so what Allie doesn't know is that I just saw a news article about who ate at Pepe's Pizza four nights earlier. And so we're waiting in line. And I said, do you know who ate at Pepe's Pizza after he made a speech? at Yale University? And she said, no, who? Sir Paul McCartney. That's right. Wow. McCartney spoke at Yale. He, li he has a home in Connecticut somewhere, or Long Island. And he, he spoke at Yale, evidently, to the music department, obviously. And they said, hey, you want some pizza? Do you like pizza? He goes, of course I do. I don't eat meat. 
and he, they said, come on along. And, and Paul, and I was going, I was saying to myself, why couldn't it have been four days earlier? Would that not be the coolest thing that I you can't... get into a restaurant and there is a beetle eating pizza? I cannot believe that you got cheated. I mean, how cool would that have been? Un- that, and that would have been, Allie would have been telling that story for the rest of her life. Oh, she my dad still took is. Me to pe- my dad yeah. took me to Pepe's and Paul McCartney was there. So was the pizza as, like, please tell me that you weren't disappointed by the pizza. I haven't had it in years. And um, I was getting set to be a little disappointed and to say to her, <laughs> well, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was fantastic. It's fantastic pizza. The surface is unbelievable. They char the, I don't know how they do it. They char the uh, edge of the crust. So it's, it's a little bit blackened. And I love, it makes it crispier, obviously, but not too much. The pizza, the cheese, uh, however they do it. My mouth is watering right now. It was absolutely incredible. And finally, after about 20 to a 30 minute wait, I'm, I'm at the front and they got a guy who's like, you know, working the crowd a little bit. He's very, he's very friendly. And he said, "It'll how many? Three. It'll it'll just be a moment, sir." I said, "Hey, is there a beetle inside there tonight?" And he smiled at me. And he said, <laughs> Not tonight. I'm so sorry. Not tonight. But yes, it was it was wonderful, and um, we 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 really had a good time. And they got the whole the whole Peppies thing. It's just you just can't beat actual knowledgeable cooks taking time with as simple a product as that then it just, nothing measures up in comparison. And, and, and there were pizza restaurants around the country where it's a mom and pop thing and the pizza is very, very good too. But this place, if you ever get fun. a chance, go there, go there. And wasn't it fun for you? Because you've only been preaching this gospel forever to have right. Allie sitting there so you could go, see, told you, told you. Can, can I tell you one quick thing um, about Paul McCartney and Yale University? Um, nothing to do with pizza. A friend of mine, when we were teenagers, had a had a band, and I had a band, and his band was very well known uh, throughout New England. They never made it, but they were excellent. And these years later, he still is a musician, and he paid to hear Paul McCartney speak at Yale, and he knew there was a reception afterward, and he, of course, was not invited to the reception, but he waited outside in the uh, anteroom. And here comes McCartney walking out, and he's surrounded by, you know, professors and a couple of security guys. My friend's name is Tommy, and Tommy goes right through them, right up to McCartney. They, they, they put their hands on him saying, I'm sorry, sir. And, and Tommy said, Paul, I'm a musician. I can play every note of Rubber Soul. McCartney stopped, and he said to the people, no, 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 I, I'm not a teacher. I want to talk to a musician. He stopped and talked to my friend for 10 minutes. Oh, about wow. Music. That's amazing. And he, he made everybody wait. That's the type of guy Paul McCartney is. So I wish I'd seen him there. But anyway, we had fun. And again, I was proven right. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It is talkback time. If you have the Bob and Sherry app, it's free in uh, Apple Store and Google Play. There's a little microphone at the bottom of the screen. And you can just tap it and talk. 
and your words will fly through the air. Or you can go old school and call 888-B-O-B-S-H-E-R-I any time of the day or night. Plus, you can DM us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or hit us up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. I don't understand why I work in customer service in a campground here in North Carolina. Please I don't understand why their kids have to come and hug me. I'm a grown man. <laughs> I don't understand. Please tell the parents to watch over their kids. I don't care. I don't like hugs. Bob doesn't like to be touched. I don't like to be touched. Please stay away from me. And the parents need to be more aware of their kids, especially in a campground. So I just recently sent you a message. It's the same guy from the campground. I don't understand why also people have pets if they're not going to watch over them. Um, when you sign a contract, a lease, or you come to a place where you know you have to pick up after your dog, it's not fair for the groundskeeper to have to pick up after them. It's not sanitary. It's not fair. So I just don't get it. I could complain for days as a customer service and trying to be nice to people, but I just don't understand the hugging and the dog pooping that I had to pick up for no need. If I if I come down with COVID, I have your replacement. <laughs> we, I, ha- we have I, to we have to do we have to have him on doing a bit I called him. I don't understand. Uh, he's <laughs> terrific, and he's right on the money. This is the thing, like, nobody wants to talk on the phone anymore. Did he leave any way for us to contact him? Because you're right, Bob. If you're ever, like, having just a day where you're like, woman, I'm tired. Man, is yeah. there any way you could just yeah. do the show today? I'll call yeah. out to the campground. I found your soulmate. He is there. Uh, he is right. You know what? We can laugh. But I agreed with everything he said. Pick up after your dog, right? Be responsible for your dog. Be responsible for your kids. Why are you sending the kids over to hug him during this period? That That's a little, you know, questionable. Um, but he may be, you know, he may be like you, someone that doesn't want to be hugged or touched, but who radiates um, friendliness. And, pe- and so people don't oh, understand yeah. that you don't. You know how sometimes yeah. you'll get like a little dog that is so freaking cute. And you, uh-huh. you're desperate to pet it, but it, it right. pulls back its lip and snarls and then bites. That's yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. you. That's kind of like you really? in the campground, yeah. man. Well, that's yeah. what every man wants to grow up to be. So thank you for saying I, that I, in, a, in I, an open mic. <laughs> I do have his information if you want me to try to get in yeah, touch yeah, with him. Yeah, oh, yeah. We oh need to gosh, have him please. on. Of course. Of course. And then he'll call I'm back not, and, I'm not, I'm and not complain like a, that he doesn't have time for a radio station to be calling him at work. <laughs> I am I am not like a little dog. Everybody knows what the, what you're describing. A little dog who yaps at you when you get close. I'm Radiates friendliness, but doesn't want yeah. to be petted. You don't want to be petted. Don't don't no. lie. Don't be fake. Put on put on just one of your faces. You don't want to be petted and hugged. You don't. We should until things change. We should not be doing that anyway. Right now, but okay? what? But before I did, that, I have not complained, but. When I came to visit you at your house after we were apart for so long because of the pandemic, I hugged you. I threw my arms around you and I gave you a big, long, tight hug. And I Mm. could feel your misery like I was Pepe Le Pew and you were the little black cat. I could feel how desperately you wanted to escape. That was not misery. I I am not an over hugger. When women want to hug me, it's fine. 
but I am not going to oh, go. thank you. Give, give Bobby Daddy a big hug. Oh, let's get even closer to Bobby Daddy. That's creepy. And so I, I try not to do that. Well, if you had called yourself Bobby Daddy, I probably wouldn't <laughs> hug you at all. <laughs> Make a note of that. <laughs> I think if you really want to avoid the hug, start calling yourself Bobby Daddy. <laughs> I'm going to write that down I'm going to, so I don't forget that. Call yourself publicly Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Daddy. Daddy. Bobby Daddy. I'll get a t-shirt. <laughs> Ask me about why I'm Bobby Daddy. That ought to do Bobby it. Daddy. <laughs> All right. That's it a is good a idea. Bobby Daddy and Sherry. Yeah, I like it. Morons in the News is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. The Village is, is this massive retirement community in Central Florida. Thousands and thousands of people live there. You may have seen it covered on TV for one reason or another. Anyway, a man from the Villages is facing a year in prison after allegedly stockpiling erectile dysfunction medications and selling it to some of the men who live at the villages. His his name is Reginald Kinser. Reginald Kinser. He's 77 years old. He got $1,800 worth of erectile dysfunction drugs through a doctor, a licensed doctor. But he got it illegally through the doctor. They're going to they're investigate the whole thing. Uh, the Justice Department says he planned to distribute the drugs uh, inside the villages. And uh, a trial is expected to happen in November. It's, it's kind of serious. He could get a year in federal prison and a fine of $10,000 if he's found guilty. This guy is always up to something. And his, <laughs> his, his mugshot, he's got this, this big grin like he's stoned out of his mind at a Buffett concert. And he's been arrested previously for not only the erectile dysfunction selling of drugs, he also was arrested for uh, weed and silly Sibin. So this guy, this guy's retirement is something. And you know, they say try to have a little money coming in on retirement with a little side business. He found How much one. was he selling them for, Bob? They don't say because the investigation is still underway. But is it got free shipping? <laughs> oh yeah. No, he drives up to your house in a golf cart. It's free delivery. Yeah. He drives up to your house and one of their, they all have golf carts there at the village. <laughs> Here you go, Al. <laughs> yep, 25 bucks. Good luck to you and the wife. I mean, on the one hand, such an entrepreneur. This is like grandpa's version of a lemonade stand. You know? It is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, Lamar. <laughs> in. <laughs> In Milford, Massachusetts, a man is facing multiple charges after he was accused of running a dental office in the back of a convenience store in Massachusetts. No. No. Juan Hermida Munzos, 64, was arrested in connection with the illegal operation being conducted at the Alternativa convenience store in Milford, according to the police. The police said that... Munjo's dental operation was discovered when the Milford Health Department was performing a routine inspection at the Alterneva uh, convenience store. 
we had a couple of our detectives head over there, and there was a pretty significant dental operation going on in the back. <laughs> Milford police said that the proprietor of the convenience store, Maria Magdalena Guatemos Castro, uh, rented a room in the rear of the store to Muzo, uh, who provided multiple dental services without license, including examinations, tooth extraction, anesthetics, and cleanings. And look wow. at some of the dental equipment was used as an, uh, 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 of the illegal dental equipment that was used, found all kinds of tools and stuff, and evidently he sort of knew what he was doing. But they said that, you know, there is no license to practice dentistry or anything uh, that they can find that he has for the United States. And he just decided to come in and offer out his services. And one of the people at the health department said, you're taking your life in your own hands. There are a lot of patients that have to be pre-dosed with antibiotics because of heart conditions. And that's just a setup for disaster. I'm sure his intent is not to infect somebody or do a bad job. But unfortunately, the safeguards are not in place. The regulations are not in place. And it's a really sad situation. He has been charged with unauthorized practice of medicine and unauthorized practice of dentistry. Let so me tell you, let me tell you something. Really you're, taking, you're taking your life in your own hands eating a hot dog at that convenience store. So, you know, <laughs> uh, the dental coverage we have in this country is terrible. He was doing something wrong. But I understand. We all understand. Exactly right. Yeah. We understand. I just, I just made a note to see if you can get an appointment. Um, our moron <laughs> of the day today is a runaway bride and her runaway groom. They threw themselves a wedding. The, the groom is a 40-year-old contractor. His bride is a 25-year-old German woman. They got married in Italy. Um, and they tied their knot at their hotel swimming pool. Then they threw a banquet at the hotel restaurant for 80 guests but when the owner brought the check he found that not only had the newly married couple left the restaurant they left town and they left the country with their family they dined and dashed on their own wedding reception when have you you ever heard if you're a father of a bride yeah, understand. It's oh, wrong. Yeah. Some yeah. of us are rooting for that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. So now they're wanted by Interpol for dining and dashing on their own wedding reception. How, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of it either. How crazy mm. is that? That is Morons in the News, Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It's awful to read something that is basically horrible and realize that you do this. It's, it's a part of you and probably has been a part of you forever. I just read that. More than a third of us would prefer to never know someone's name than ask them to repeat it again. I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I will not do it. I will you not won't do, do it. it. I, I, I will not. I was won't at a wedding, and there was someone that I had met, I don't know, two years earlier. And she spotted me and came around. And, Bob, how are you? How are you? 
Oh, are you and Mary enjoying your uh, the end of the summer? I saw you on Facebook and you were having a great vacation. Rather than saying, um, we did. I know. Can you tell me your, your name? I don't do that. I would rather not know that person's name than put myself in that situation. <laughs> and I feel awful about it. I feel terrible. And I'm trying so much harder to remember people's names and all. No. But once in a while, I just get a dead end, and I do that, and and it's awful. That's why I got married. Because <laughs> when I see somebody, when I see somebody, and I don't know their name, I say, yeah. "Hey, how you doing? This is my wife, Carla." And Carla knows to go, "Hey, I'm Carla. What's your name?" Because I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do I it. Know. It freaks me out. I know. Somebody came up to us the other day, and a guy comes up and he goes, "Hey, man, how you doing?" I hugged mm-hmm. him. Good to see you. Good to see you. We, uh, he, he walked off. And Carl said, who was that? I said, I have absolutely no idea. She you goes, what do you mean? You have no, I said, no. She said, you hugged the man. I said, well, he wanted to hug me. I said, You're worse than he knows me. me. So I, I had no idea. You are worse. I feel so much better now. I am worse. I feel I'm the free. worst. I hate myself now worse than no, I No, I'm the worst. Thanks for bringing No, I'm the worst. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I hate myself. I hate myself. Well, we're in that one third. And we're not changing, are we? It's Lamar, right? It, it's yeah, it's Lamar. It's, I don't know if we get called to find out. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Okay, we're back with Lamar. How's your uh, How's your training with your dog? Your new dog going? Well, like I mentioned last week, <clears throat> we had graduation, and so I know what all we got to do, and so I get home and. The first thing I do is I, I let her chase the ball for a little while so that she gets gets calmed down. I don't, I don't need mm-hmm. her to be too erratic when we get there. So then mm-hmm. I go through, and I'm working everything. I've got her to the point where I can put her in place, point my finger at her, and take her favorite ball, throw it down the hall, and she sits there and looks at it. I can go get the ball, throw it back to her, and it rolls up and hits her bed, and she looks at it and then looks at me. Wow. And I can pick up the ball and I can say, okay, and throw it. And she goes after it like, oh my, I mean, so it's, it's great. I mean, that's everything. impressive. Yes, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. So we get in the car and man, I'm talking smack. We're driving. I'm talking smack to my wife. I'm over my shoulder. I'm talking to this dog like she's got good sense. And she's looking at me like I got good sense. And I'm telling her, you the champion. We in, we going in. We, we, are, we, we, are, we are sliving. We are sliving. Okay, we're sliving. We're sliving our best <laughs> life. Okay, so I'm going in. So we get there and we're, we got there right at time. And so everybody else is in there. And so we walk in. She's, she, I mean, she's walked right into the door. She walks in and she walks into this room with dogs in it that she's been seeing every week for the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. And she loses her mind. She's no. pulling at the leash. She's trying to get to these dogs. She's just going crazy. And so I, 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 I get her over to the place. And so I put her in her place over there. And, and she's just like, you know, she's barking. And she's she's like she's on cocaine. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, she's just lost her mind. And I'm looking at Carla and I'm saying, oh, this, this is not good. This is not good. So the first thing they have us do is they walk loosely. So that she's got to walk beside me about two foot away, not, not ahead, not behind, not whatever. As soon as we get in line and start walking, she's lunging at these dogs. I mean, she's lunging because she wants to play. Oh, God, she's lunging. And I'm jerking her back, and I'm fighting this, and I'm coming around. About the second thing, Carla says, I think you're jerking her neck too hard. 
I stopped. <laughs> I hand her the leash, and I she goes, yeah. "Don't make a scene! Don't make a scene!" I said, "I'm not making a scene." But evidently, I've lost control. I want you to do it. She, you better keep walking. Just keep walking. So I keep walking. So we come back, and one of the things that everybody had to do was put wait, wait, before you go, before you go yeah. on, that is such yeah. a classic married person's move. Yes. Oh, you do it. You do it. You're she's so keeping a it. smile on her face. She's talking yeah. under her. But she's like, keep walking. Don't you make a scene. Keep walking. <laughs> so, right, go ahead. so go ahead. we put the dogs on place. Everybody. There's like eight mm-hmm. or nine of us in here. We put all the dogs on place, and every owner walks into the middle of the room, and their dog is mm-hmm. supposed to stay sit. Well, right. thankfully, she stays there. So does everybody else's. This is amazing. So then it's time for come when called. And so we've done it on the short leash, we've done it on the long leash, and the woman says, does anybody here think their dog can do this off-leash? And Carla looks at me, and I'm, I'm, I'm crawling under the chair. I said, she goes, well, you know you can do it off-leash. I said, tonight? I don't think I know. Not tonight. Tonight is not tonight. <laughs> and so, you know, Carla's pointing at me, and so the trainer goes, Lamar, can Darby do it? I said, oh, she might can. Let's give it a shot. So everybody's got their other dogs on leash, getting them to come. And so the place is full of dogs. And so I take her over to the corner. She says, now, when you turn her loose, is she going to stay here or is she going to take off after these dogs? I said, well, I'm pretty much sure she'll stay here. So I undone the leash. As soon as I undone the leash, she took off like a bat out of hell. I mean, she is running. And she's headed towards this dog because she's wanting to play. Carla's going, oh, my gosh. And the trainer's going, what's happening? And I stop. And the only thing I know to do, I says, Darby, come. She whirled around mid-sentence. Hey, come straight back. Sit down. I give her the treat. And the woman says, that's amazing. I said, yes, it is. Give me that damn diploma. So, <laughs> so for whatever reason, she, she did what she was supposed to do. She, she came through. And got your butt out of there. Oh, that's, that's great. exactly right. Give me that. Nicole. That's great. Way to go, Darby. All right, Lamar. Good luck. Good luck. Oh, we love our animals, don't we? This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. We want to recognize teachers who are working tirelessly to motivate and educate their students. Nominate a teacher to win a Florida vacation by going to the contest tab at bobandsherry.com. We'll pick one weekly qualifier to win Bob and Sherry swag and... They're entered to win the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida, a three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, with round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. Show your appreciation for a deserving teacher. Nominate them now at BobandSherry.com. It is talkback time. If you have our app, it's free. Just download it and then... Look at the bottom right corner of the screen. There's a little microphone. Just tap that and talk, and that's all you need to do. Or we uh, paid the phone bill, and actually it now rings at our place and not at uh, Mike's Plumbing, 888-B-O-B-S-H-E-R-I. You can call us 24-7. Hit it. Hi, Bob and Sherry. I was just in the car listening to your podcast, and I'm a little behind, but I was listening to the episode where Sherry talks about the – icy blonde hair that she wants to have yes 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 girl do it i am 
so excited for you and to see what changed this you know what i mean like i've always seen you with brown hair this is gonna be like super different i'm so excited i think you're gonna pull it off especially with your curly um you know the curliness in it and it's gonna be stunning i think yes my vote is yes oh yay yeah i'm just so impatient i just want it right now and it's driving me crazy how slowly I have to like bring my natural color up light, 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 light. Otherwise, I'll turn out, I'll just fry my hair and it'll be gross for two years. But yes, I'm on my way. And I'm so mad because I ordered this, you know, kind of a Mother of Dragons wig on the internet. And they keep sending me emails saying, we'd love your feedback. How did you love your new look? But the wig has never arrived. Why so, do you want a wig? Wait a minute. Why do you want so a wig? That I, because I wanted to check the color with my skin and oh, kind of play okay. with it and yeah. see, you know, like, what's it going to look like? And I got so tired of waiting for the wig that I just started the process of lightening, lightening, lightening my hair. You've started it already? Mm-hmm. You've started yeah. it already? Mm-hmm. It, you didn't tell you me won't, that. You won't really be able to tell because, one, you're a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you like a lot of times you didn't even notice when I would cut six inches of my hair off. So you're really not going to notice this. But my dark, my regular dark brown hair is about four shades lighter now as we Mm. lighten it up, lighten it up, lighten it up. And I have to wait until July for the next um, round of bleach. But yeah, I'm super psyched. Billie Eilish um, went blonde. It took her about six months to go because her natural hair color was way lighter than mine. And she Mm -hmm. hadn't been like I, I have been messing with my hair since high school. I really... If I didn't have eyebrows, I wouldn't know what color hair I have. That's how many times I've changed my hair color since high school. Um, can we? Billie, can, Billie Eilish looks amazing as a blonde. Amazing. Yeah, she is so pretty. You know, sometimes because she's had multicolor hair and, uh, you know, she wears uh, baggy clothes and, you know, she seems elusive. It, unless you really look at her, you don't realize how, I mean, she's model pretty. Gorgeous. Nothing, I'm, you know, here and very, very talented. Max, are you able to replay that call for a moment? I mean, just part of it. Um, Hang on a second here. Okay. Hang on. I just thought it was so interesting, her enthusiasm. Well, when Hi, Bob and like, Sherry. I was just in the car other. listening to your podcast, and I'm a little behind, but I was listening to the episode where Sherry talks about the... Um, icy blonde hair that she wants to have yes 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 girl do it i am so <laughs> excited for you and to see what changed this you know what i mean like i've always seen okay okay hair. that's all that's all we need it's so interesting working with a woman because um if i called up my friend bob stevenson i said bob i'm thinking of uh coloring my hair a little bit it's getting a little a little bit great yes 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 bob that is so fantastic you go boy that, well, i'm that sad would for not you. be happening i'm that sad for you happening. That, that you don't get that kind of validation yeah women well, no we guy does each other no no guy does well, Guys, no, when you, guy, it's it's just like why would you do that that's when you kind do of something strange. right i praise you when you do something right i'm talking about it. guys guys yeah. oh, never oh, are, are that Never that enthusiastic. Max, do you think that maybe the next time Bob tells us that he's doing something to himself, you could offer him that kind of enthusiastic uh, validation? Yes. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that, Sherry. Bob, could All you right. could you Let's tell practice. us something that you're doing to yourself? 
This is worthless because I haven't seen or you haven't seen me in like a year and a half. So any, I, I mean, just, I could be growing horns out of my she, head. Because she didn't know what she, she hasn't seen Sherry. But but just tell me something that you're yeah, doing, and let you, me you let me let me offer you the kind of support that you'd like to have. Oh, uh, let me see. Um, well, it's just uh, I've gone I've gone to uh, not real skinny jeans, but but somewhat skinny jeans. Skinny jeans. Yes, 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 Bob Lacey. That is so you. You can pull that off. Not every guy can pull that off. But let me tell you, you can pull that off. How was that? that. That Did you like that? Really good. Doesn't it? Doesn't it feel nice for people to be positive and uplifting? Let us all remember how nice it is to be positive and uplifting, and try to be positive and uplifting to someone today. Yeah, that includes that you, Bob. Great. You're included in that part. You don't just get to receive positive <laughs> uplifting. You. you have to put out positive Can uplifting. Can I tell you something that happened? Okay. My, my dog Mojo's in here and his head was up and he's like, am I being a good boy? His tail, <laughs> his tail started to go. How many times have I said Bob is very dog-like? This makes perfect sense to me. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Marina Franklin. Well, my name is Marina. It's not a great African name. Like, my sister's got a great African name. Her name is Naila, which means one who succeeds. My name is Marina. It means a place where you dock boats. <laughs> Thank you. I grew up in Chicago. That's where I grew up, the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, hey, yeah. White suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, then we moved to the south side of Chicago, which is a black... I didn't see you there. Uh, The south side of Chicago, which was a black neighborhood. So basically, I went from being the only black child in all white neighborhood to being the only white child in all black neighborhood. <laughs> that was tough, man. I remember growing up in the white neighborhood, like in school, like we would have theme days. Like one time we had 50s day, which isn't really a good time for my people. <laughs> but the white girls would come out with the poodle skirts all excited. They'd be like, woohoo, it's 50s, yeah. I didn't know what to do, so I just wore a sign that said, we shall overcome someday. <laughs> so I love doing this comedy thing. It's just, it's hard to do this and keep a man at the same time, which is unbelievable, because look at me. I'm hot. Thank you. <laughs> I used to date this Haitian guy. He couldn't stand the fact that I did comedy. You know, Haitian men, they want you to stay home, cook, clean, have a big butt. I can't do all of that at the same time. And he was always yelling at me. He was always like, Ma, you know, I don't like this thing you are doing. This comedy, you think you are so funny? So ha-ha. <laughs> Take care of my Zuzu. I was with him for a long time, two, four years. That's a long time to be with someone when you don't like them. I was like, how the hell did that happen? 
I actually thought back to like the first time we went out and I remember him saying to me, Maina, you're going to be with me forever. <laughs> so I live in Harlem now. I love Harlem. Actually, you guys should all go, like as a group. I love it. I get in trouble, though, in Harlem all the time. Like, one time I saw this mother yelling at a child on the street. You see a black mother yelling at her child on the street, don't ever get involved in that. Mind your business. This woman, she was yelling at this child so bad on the street. That's the child. She's like, get your ass over here. I said, get, get your black ass over here. Now, what the hell are you crying for? Shut it up. I said, shut it up. I pop you in your mouth. I looked at her, I was like, oh my God. I told her, I said, you don't talk to a child like that. She looked at me, she said, what the hell are you looking at, huh? You wanna raise my child, huh? I was like, no. You're doing a good job. <laughs> I was so scared. I was so scared, I ran down two long Harlem blocks. I was like, don't look back. You just keep going. But I couldn't help, I wanted to see what was going on. I looked back for just a second and she was still standing there looking at me. <laughs> you guys are doing great, thank you lot. He's fantastic. God. I love Marina. <laughs> Marina. Marina Franklin. That'll be up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com when her boyfriend said, you'll be with me forever. <laughs> she, she had me when she said, my name is a place oh, where yeah. you dock boats. Dock boats. <laughs> this is Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. BobandSherry.com. Back in 2007, when the iPhone came out, the original four gigabyte model uh, was the first one out. And they only produced really like a handful of them before they um, discontinued it and went to the eight gig model. So it's a very rare item. And someone who happened to have that rare first generation four gig iPhone from 2007 just cashed in because it sold at auction for over $190,000. You are kidding me. Yep. Yeah. This model, it it was launched, and then two months later it was discontinued because people wanted the the more memory, right? Mm -hmm. So this person who bought this iTeam was part of the original engineering team at Mm -hmm. Apple when the iPhone was created. So not only is it pristine, brand new, in the box, super rare, it was sold by one of the original iPhone engineers. Again, over $190,000. So Bob, here's, here's what you need to be focused on. Those beanie babies could still come around for you, okay? That is exa- I was exactly what I was thinking. I got to go check the value of Snort the Bull. 
and see and if you know, <laughs> it's gone up. Your snort still has the original tags. I, I say, just believe in yourself and be patient. Thank you. It's Thank 2023. You. That man had to wait 16 years to cash in. I'm just going to Europe. Give a little more time. A little yep. more time. Yeah. Right. So there you go. Hey, if any of you listening are going, wait a minute, I have one of those. Get it out and dust it off because it is worth some kind of money. $190,000. All right. We got lots of Bob and Sherry straight ahead for you right here because this is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I don't know what happened to me or when it happened, but somewhere <laughs> along the way, I lost my way. Wow, this is, I do we have enough way. time for this conversation? <laughs> this is a big one right here. That's no, just one specific area. Oh, I'm woo, not trying to do good. the whole thing Because you would have needed morning. to start an hour and a half I know, ago. I know. You know, I was brought up in a restaurant, and I used to cook for my father. I was 12 years old. And you're a good cook. Cooking lobster. I'm not. I'm not. That's all bogus. That's 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 a bogus story that I think I've been running. I, I throw know, I've some, had some things you've mm, cooked that have been... I throw Very some good. stuff in a wok and I can move it around. You make good it's, spaghetti it's and red clam sauce. Yeah, but I, you know, I haven't made it from scratch in years and years. I get Progresso and I add some canned clams now, and you know, and part of it is because I lived in a in an apartment and then a, a condo that didn't have really great ventilation for a while, so the whole place would smell, you know, like a Chinese restaurant you know, for minute. three why, days. Why am I defending you? Three months ago, you mm-hmm. put a potato in a microwave and set it for an hour and caught your microwave on fire. I burned the microwave out. It, we had to buy a new one. Yeah. And it's it's gotten worse and worse. And I went to a period after I was divorced where I ate out, just like Lamar. I Three ate times a day. Every single yeah. uh, lunch or dinner was out. And it wasn't good for me, but, you know, I was lonely. There was no woman there. And I'd go out and I had friends who were bartenders and all. And so, you know, you at the bar. So now I get married. <clears throat> and, you know, my wife is a very, very good cook, and she does cook a lot, and our deal is that I will do all of the cleaning up afterward, and I'll set the table, and I'm very good at washing dishes and putting things away and all that. I'm, I'm very attentive. But she went to one of those places where you make a bunch of dinners ahead of time, and mm-hmm. they have a nice kitchen, mm-hmm. and you make these fantastic dinners, fish, mm-hmm. pork. It, it's It's fantastic. And uh, she made them for the holidays, but we ate out a lot with the kids. They wanted to go somewhere. So we have a few of them left. And last night, Allie was with us and Mary's children, and uh, Mary was working all day long. So you just had to heat something up. So she left it out, and it was this large pork roast. And in another bag, there were uh, breadcrumbs and, and prunes and raisins and mustard sauce and all mixed together and instructions. So she texted me, and she said, all right, Mr. Man, let's see what you got. It's all there. Just follow the directions. Put it in at 530, and I'll be home after that. Can you do it? I'm looking down at this, and I'm going, yeah, I can do it. That's insulting. So I'm looking at it, and here's what it said. Now, let me say, she spent $40 on this, this dinner. It's a, big, it's a big pork roast. It said, <clears throat> take a knife and from one side, slice the pork roast in a cross. Like butterfly? Because you're going to stuff it? S- yeah. S- slice it in a cross and then go to a 90 degree angle and then slice it again, making an X. 
So I took the piece of meat, and on the top of it, I sliced, and then I made the X. And, of course, it kind of was in, like, quarters now. Mm -hmm. And then I took the stuffing, and I I pushed it all together, and I stuffed in between where the X's Mm -hmm. are. And I'm looking at it, and then I put salt and pepper on it. I'm looking at it, and I went, that's pretty good. I think I did it right. And now the oven is ready. And I put that in, and I went, (laughs) well, she came home and opened up the oven, and the X stuffing had burned on the top because evidently what you're supposed to do is make an X on the side of the roast, stick the knife in, and tunnel your way through it, and then stuff it inside so that so it, it stays inside. So it stays inside. So yours was and, more laying on top of it. Yeah, and it was completely burned and toasted. And then, I don't know what happened. Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever noticed this about me, I don't... I lose concentration every once in a while. You don't read the something. directions and, and then them. you move on to other things. I, re- I moved on to other things, the news. And so I overcooked it by 20 minutes. So basically what we're looking at here it's is a dry, a toasted dry piece of jerky, piece of jerky uh, with a burned top. <laughs> and so she looked at it and she's so sweet to me. And I said, I'm really, really sorry. I said I was sorry about 15 times because you know how I am, so needy. I, I needed it. And I said, now, you've got other ones. You give me another shot at this. Hell no. No, she didn't say that. You know what she said? We'll see. <laughs> That's actually worse. It's worse. It'd be better to just have said no. What did I misinterpret wrong? It, well, said, it said from one corner. Because you, you need it to use some logic and think a stuffed pork roast, the stuffing has to be inside. I stuffed it inside. Roast. But then you didn't. But but then it was exposed. Seal it if, but why did they? Why did the instructions say, like, from one corner? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. And then maybe when you saw that what you had done, if you could have, like, reassembled it and tied it together with well, some Well, I should have twine. flipped it over. It also said, put the fatty end up. Yeah, that's and all I, what, and I, you didn't. And, and I... I want the fatty end. Well, that means don't put it on its side or something. Put the big side up. But what it meant was on the other side is where the fat is so that the fat would drip down and make it taste flavorful. You know what? Don't don't be too hard on yourself because I really? read something not too long ago about cookbooks. And that is that n- that now recipes mm-hmm. have to be written in a completely different way than they did for like Why? your mom. Why? Because Americans have such little basic cooking knowledge. Really? That you have to spell everything out. It used to be I a recipe would be totally simple. It would yes. be like braise the leeks, whisk in. But people who don't know what braise or whisk means are lost. That's so, me. That's so now me. it starts out with, come into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like me when I started with computers. Exactly. Turn it on. Do you remember when Bob first got a computer? You don't need to bring that up. For the first you week, we just practiced up. turning it on You don't need off. to bring that up. But now look how good you are. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm still not convinced that these directions were as helpful. But then she said, well, sweetheart, um, I asked where I cooked it, if anyone can cook it. And the lady said, oh, honey, even my husband can do it. So I'm even below that. And now I don't even have, think I have a chance to, to you know, remedy this. And In the past 90 days, you nearly burned the kitchen down and then you did this. I know. 
We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll That's see. what it is. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Do you have sticker shock from an unexpected bill? Go to BobandSherry.com and tell us about a bill you received that shocked you. We're selecting four winners to pay that bill on their behalf. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. So, Roger, it says here you have a an old Twinkie. How old is the Twinkie that you have in the wrapper? Oh, no, it's not on the wrapper. It was unwrapped immediately. It's unwrapped? Oh, yeah, it's been unwrapped for uh, about 36 years. How's it look? No way. Well, uh, it, it, well, it looks fine. I should sort of tell you how it happened. Yeah, please. Uh, basically, I am, actually, I'm not a retired science teacher. I taught science at uh, George Stevens in Blue Hill, Maine. Uh-huh. And uh, this was back in the uh, early 70s. Uh, we, we, we didn't, like, I think around 74 or 75. And we were doing, an, uh, you know, we were dealing with food additives. And one of my students asked, uh, you know, well, how long, uh, you know, would a Twinkie last? And I went, well, I don't know. Let's do an experiment. So I sent a student down to the general store, which was next door to the school, to pick up a package of two Twinkies. They brought back the two Twinkies. I unwrapped them. I ate one. <laughs> and, and and we put the other one up on what was on the chalkboard, uh-huh. uh, and uh, and we just left it there. I mean, we weren't really paying attention to it until a few decades, and then it sort of became sort of famous in the area. Legend. People would come in and say, "Where's the Twinkie?" Right. And uh, and it didn't really become famous until I was retiring when uh, the uh, local. A uh, writer for the Bangor Daily, uh, his, his son and daughter were my ex-students, and they said, well, what's happening to his Twinkie? <laughs> and he said, well, what are you talking about? And so he came and did a story on the Twinkie. And as luck would have it, it was picked up by the AP, and it was picked oh, my God. It, uh, it, you became famous well, for no, your no, no, Twinkie. No. I always tell people. Now, this is, I, I, say, I say, no one knows who I am, but the Twinkie is famous. Was it there for 37 years? In well, your... basically, when I retired, I retired after uh, 31 years. Uh-huh. Uh, I transferred ownership to a, a person in the school, Libby, uh, who was in my uh, freshman home room, who was now a staff member. She so... now was, uh, was the... Uh, the assistant dean of students. So we, we just have to know, is it still in the uh, school? It's, it's still out of the wrapper. Libby's uh, uh, father uh, actually built it a, a nice glass-lined case. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So now it actually has, a, it was collecting a dust in my room, but now it's, uh, it's in, uh, it's in uh, Libby's office in a, in, a, in a place of honor. But no, uh, Libby's now the proud uh, caretaker of the Twinkie. Roger, Roger that's Excellent. Did you ever want to just take one bite when you retired, uh, just to see what it, what it tasted like? Uh, well, Bob, I mean, it, I mean, uh, you know, after all those years of teaching, I was rather flaky. But it, this <laughs> I mean, uh, it 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 didn't look. It was dusty. It yeah. Was, yeah. You know. But it was still there. It still it survived. Still it was still there, but I had no desire to eat it. However, it. I should point out that when I left the school and after the graduation talk. My, the senior class presented me with a big box of Twinkies. Isn't that great? You live in a beautiful town. I was in Blue Hill, Maine uh, about a year ago. Just absolutely one of the most charming towns in that great state. Thank you, Roger, what very much. What a great much. story. Isn't that something? And the Twinkies legend in Blue Hill, Maine goes on. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox? Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I 
don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this. I cannot believe this. So you heard from the People's Movie Critic that Cocaine Bear is based on a true story. And it is absolutely based on a true story. So let's go back to the tale of Andrew Thornton II. Um, He was working as a narcotics police officer in Tennessee in the early 1970s. Then he went back to law school and he got his law degree. But don't you know that Drew Thornton changed sides and he got caught up in this big weapons and drug smuggling ring. And in fact, in the early 80s, he was part of a big group of people indicted on multiple counts of conspiracy to import and distribute a thousand pounds of marijuana. So he pleaded not guilty and he went on the run. Eventually, he got arrested as a fugitive in the Carolinas. For all of these crimes, they fined him 500 bucks and revoked his law license and sent him to prison for six months. That doesn't seem like that bad of a punishment, really, when you think about what he did. But now his law license is suspended, so he can't make money as a lawyer. So he resumes his criminal 'er ne'er-do-well activities as soon as he gets out of prison. And in spite of all of his um, challenges, um, word on the street was that he owned racehorses and that he was a multimillionaire and you know, that he was just really a colorful guy. And he'd also done a little bit of time in the army. He had a pilot's license and he was a trained parachutist. Both of these skills he would use later in this wild, insane drug smuggling stunt that unfortunately cost him his life. Um, Authorities said that they believe he flew a twin engine plane loaded with drugs from South America. And when he got along the southeastern U.S. coastline, he put it on autopilot while he looked for a place to jump out with a parachute. The plane ended up crashing in the North Carolina mountains, and Andrew Thornton um, fell into the backyard of a family's home in Knoxville, Tennessee. His parachute, wow. his parachute did not open. Oh. He was not only dead with an unopened parachute, he had 77 pounds of cocaine strapped to his body, many guns and knives. Um, local investigators could not find the rest of the drugs that were on board Thornton's plane at the time he died, including one duffel bag loaded with $15 million worth of cocaine. But where the Georgia Bureau of Investigation failed to find the duffel bag full of cocaine, Pablo Escobar did. That's right. A bear standing... A bear standing about five feet tall, you know, just a regular garden variety black bear, stumbled upon the duffel bag in the mountains of Fanning County a few weeks prior to December 20th, 1985. That's when local officials found a ripped open, 40 ripped open packages of of cocaine, um, the torn duffel bag, there was no substantial amount of cocaine left other than those 40 ripped open bags. And it, it gave you the idea that, well, maybe the bear ate it all. But the GBI agents who investigated said, well, there was two months since it got dropped. It had some time to dissolve. There was snow on the mountains when we found it. We're pretty sure that the bear did not eat 75 pounds of cocaine. They did an autopsy on the bear. The bear ate some cocaine 
but it certainly didn't eat 75 pounds. They never found the rest of the cocaine. Some people think that hunters came across it, found the bear, and stole the cocaine and kept it for themselves and to sell. The bear did not go on the killing spree in the movie. That part of it isn't true. But the legend of cocaine bear lives on. In fact, the coroner, the coroner who performed the autopsy on Pablo Escobar took the bear to a taxidermist and donated it to the Chattahoochee River National Recreation Area not long after. Then the stuffed bear went missing. It was at a pawn shop, and then it was at another pawn shop. Then get ready. Waylon Jennings had it in his house for a while. Country music superstar legend Waylon <laughs> Jennings had That's the taxi- perfect. taxidermy cocaine bear. Um, then it ended up at the Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky. And there you can go visit Cocaine Bear. He's, depl- he's displayed in a rotating series of hats with an open duffel bag full of coke nestled right there at his feet. It is a wild story. It is a true story. Um, the movie took a lot of liberties with it. So the bear did not bear go on a killing real. spree. The, no. it, it consumed some cocaine. But it, it didn't go on a killing spree. It, it started listening to what? Classic rock? What, what, what was it doing? It was just no, the wandering only, out there. The only killing that happened with Pablo Escobar and that cocaine was poor Pablo Escobar himself. He died of yeah. acute cocaine poisoning. Oh, is he, that right? Yeah. yeah, and that's how they found him. They found him next mm-hmm. to the stash. That's how he mm-hmm. ended up at the coroner, then the taxidermist, then the pawn I shop, see. then another pawn shop, then a truck stop, then Waylon Jennings for a while, and now he's in a mall in Kentucky, as God so intended. God bless America. What a country where these kind of things happen, you know, just every other random Tuesday. <laughs> we'll get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. For all of you cocaine bear aficionados, this is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back, talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Brace yourself, Doc. I was reading an article about how millennials are getting ready to head into the midlife crisis zone. Millennials are between the ages now of like 27 and 40. Here's the thing. When millennials hit that midlife crisis, according to this economic report, they will not be buying sports cars and getting divorced because they cannot afford to buy sports cars and get divorced. Um <laughs> There is, there, according to a study by the Federal Reserve, by the government, there's like no evidence that millennials have different tastes when it comes to things like cars and food and housing. The reason that millennials don't spend as much on cars and food and housing as boomers and Xers is because they got no money. That's so, why they're not spending it on cars and food and houses. So I just wrapped up my, like... 30s crisis. Does this mean I, I mean I have to prepare for another one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah, but news. listen, you're not going to buy a sports car because you don't got no sports car money. And also, it says here millennials are less likely to get divorced in part because they're a lot less likely to get married. And you can't divorce <laughs> somebody true. you're you're not married to. According to this, many millennials say, "I'm not married now. I have no interest in getting married." So on the one hand, fewer divorces and sports cars, but when you find out why, it gets kind of depressing. So, Doc, do you think you're in any danger of having a midlife crisis? 
no, well, not not in the immediate future. I think I I think I reached the point where I've kind of accepted the path of of life that I'm on. So I'm uh, next. The next step is to get a couple of cats and and just call it a day. Sherry, does that mean I, he's resigned himself to being with us? I I like that though because I'd hate for him to leave. I mean, I don't. I hate to use the word "resigned himself" to it, but <laughs> perhaps he's found his happy place, Max. We could look at it that way, and and I think a couple of cats is a good idea. But Doc, <laughs> remember that episode that we did of the Oddcast? Two cats, yes. Four cats is how many cats? <laughs> too many. Too many cats. <laughs> well, congratulations on not getting a sports car or getting divorced. Look at you, Doc. You're just killing the game. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. A few minutes ago, I'm sorry, I'm left. A few minutes ago, we were talking about the most popular names for boys 100 years ago, you know. And uh, Robert was uh, number two. And then in the 1970s, Robert was, uh, I don't know, like number Number six. 15, number six. Yeah, number six. And uh, number 19 in the 70s was Kevin. And number 18, right next to Kevin, was Mark. So um, Max pointed something out. And then and then later on in the list was the name Michael. And I said, we've got all of Sherry's husbands on this yeah. list. Yeah. You know, well. <laughs> it was a long Some... list. I mean, there were 50. There were 50 choices. We do. You know, it was a long list, that, you know. Uh, some women are selfishly not marrying any men and ruining their lives, and that leaves some slack for some of us to pick up. So, you know, I'm working my way through the alphabet. You're welcome. Well, there you are. Okay. There you are right there. Would you like to know the meaning, like like mine was, the meaning of Robert, uh, it was a German uh, name, uh, the meaning was bright and fame. Um, I don't know how much oh, that's I, good. I'm attached, but it was, you know, it's pretty good. So let's see what... Um, Kevin and Mark, what the meaning is. And I'm not making this up. I'm reading this, okay? Okay. Off of, off of a history book. Um, Kevin is Irish in origin, and it means noble. How about that? Hmm. Hmm. That's very nice. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought it be was going to ex- mean... I- I thought it was going to mean besieged or <laughs> exhausted or paranoid. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. No, noble. It means noble. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You love that. I mean, you're embracing that, right? That's your I husband. Am, yeah. His name. I'm embracing that. Yes. He's got an Irish name, which means noble. Now, people are going to think I'm making this up, and I am not. I am reading it. Let's look at Mark. Is it Viking Mark? for dickweed? No, <laughs> I joke because my big brother, who I adore and worship above all things, is named Mark. Okay. Mark is a name of Latin origin, meaning God of War. Oh, doesn't he think he is? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw that, I laughed. (laughs) Why'd you do that? God of War. Well, you know. More like the rod of war. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead. Take take all the time you want. Go ahead. 
take all the time you want. Certainly not so the there it is. god of war. Yeah, there it um, is. Names. Interesting. So what does um like what does Max mean? Is there a meaning for that, or was that not on the list that you could give? Him Maxwell was not on the list. Because I know Doc's name didn't no. Doc's name didn't show no. up on the list either. No, no, it did not. Mm-hmm. It did not. So what were you bright and famous? Was that what yours meant? Yeah. And Kevin is noble. Yeah. Can you take the attitude out of your voice when you ask the question <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> Let me rephrase that. So yours was bright and famous. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and Kevin meant noble, and Mark means god of war. God of war. (laughs) Why'd you do that? (laughs) Oh, how we kid, don't we, Sherry? Oh, we do. It's all all kid. Just just kidding. JK, JK, everybody. It's all part of being in showbiz. uh, Doc's name, Carrie. Uh, it means it's it's a Latin derivation, and it means beloved. Oh no! Oh, look isn't at that. That nice. That's appropriate. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty nice. Do you know? Yeah. And I'm not making this up. And I don't want any groans. I just looked at this. I'm scrolling down. A no groans from either side of the aisle. Number thirty-eight in the 1970s was Donald. It is a name of Gaelic origin, and it means. World ruler. Let's move along and see. I just want to say, I had an Uncle Donald with a foot fetish, and he didn't rule Jack, so it doesn't always mean that. <laughs> okay. Oh, I guess it doesn't always hit. It doesn't it's always Bob hit. And, it's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. So I'm going to get ahead of this. I know I'm hypocritical, okay? I'm, I'm going to just get out there, but I'm going to come out and say it. I'm hypocritical because my feelings are I want to spend the rest of my life never being a part of a potluck dinner at anyone's <laughs> house. I just, and, and I'm hypocritical because I will see a burger joint that is a real joint by the side of the road. But somebody has told me they have, but the hamburgers are unbelievable. Just don't don't worry about the way the place looks. And I will go in there, and it, it can look a little bit on the dicey side, sanitation wise. But I will eat that burger, and yet I want nothing to do with potlucks. It's just it's just me. So I was so drawn to this potluck web, uh, not a website, but people posted why I don't do potlucks and why no one else should eat them either. I'm going to describe some of the food for you here. The first thing is a big tray of red hot chili peppers, bright red chili peppers. And somebody has put a little sign over it. It says, Egyptian strawberries. Try one. They're great. And there's a smiley face. Now, obviously, that's a joke. I think it's a clever joke. But if I went to a potluck, I would take a picture of that. I just love that thing. Let's get so to can, the food. Wait, wait, wait. I, I need you said something and it now I'm confused. Uh-huh. So I have to have I have to have clarity. Um your right. issue with potlucks is based on hygiene. You don't trust other people's kitchens or their food safety. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Plus plus just the creations themselves sometimes uh make me want to throw up. Let me give you an example. (laughs) I'm looking at a dozen. You know how when you get a deviled egg or you're making deviled eggs, uh, you've got the uh, egg and uh, the little place that's scooped out from the yolk and you'd put in the deviled part. These people scooped it out and they put in, instead of a deviled egg uh, concoction, 
SpaghettiOs. I'd like to. I'd like I, to see I, it. I don't want to oh, really it's, eat it, but it's something to see. The next picture is of a uh, crock pot, a big crock pot, and in beautiful letters, um, somebody has put "cat hair is a condiment in this kitchen," and there's a picture of a cat on the crock pot. No, I I don't want to eat. And even if you're kidding, I don't want to eat what you're bringing. And I also don't want to eat corn on the cob that was cooked in a dishwasher. And I'm looking at 50 ears of corn on the cob already shucked. And the person is saying, this is how you do it. It's so easy and quick. No, I, I don't want that. It would seem that that would be so sanitary, cooking your corn on the cob in the dishwasher. What's your objection to that? Just that it's weird? Just, just it's. I just don't like the idea of it. I mean, people put their baseball hats in there to get them cleaned. I, I don't want, that's where my corn comes from. And then listen to this, um, a post. I'm from the South. I had no idea that bacon grease could ever go bad. We keep it sitting on the countertop and use it like butter which also sits on the countertop, so it's always nice and soft. I am not eating what comes from your house, and I know, once again, I'm, I'm not a snob. I will go to Harold's Diner, which, which, you know, may or may not be your cup of tea, but they have great, delicious hamburgers, but it's dicey looking, and yet I just can't do potlucks anymore. You know what this comes down to? You are um, a really gross snob when it comes to other people's houses and stuff. It's not just the food or the potluck. You are not interested in other people's dwellings because they're so like the the um, the lane of your comfort is so narrow that if if there's too many like personal items, that makes you uneasy. If there's too many pets, that makes you uncomfortable. You don't want to see too much of someone's personal stuff. You are really, you are not someone who needs to be invited to anyone else's home. And don't take that the wrong way because it's really. How could like I not? A, what kind of a person is like per- that? that? He cannot be invited well, you, to other person's home. It would but when be I get if, there, when I get it there, be best I don't. If you were not invited. Yeah, it would just be best. When I get, oh, yeah, I would like to be invited. Um, particularly if there's, you know, some wine. Um, but when I get there, I don't want to see what I'm looking at right now, which is pumpkin pie. And on the top of the pumpkin pie, it's covered with pickle slices. No, I don't want that. And I know I'm going to have somebody says, you got to try the pickled pumpkin pie. No, I, I, I just, I don't want that. And I don't have Max, to. Max, you, you know what I'm saying about him and other oh, people's yeah. houses? He did, yeah, he, he's very skeeved about it. He doesn't he doesn't want to come to your house and see your husband without a shirt on. He can't he just there's so many things that he cannot handle and pickles on the pumpkin pie are the least of it. That's what this the, is really the, about. The woman, you are not the woman of the woman person. of the husband doesn't want to see him with I, his shirt yeah, off. Sure, I got to be on his side on the man without the shirt Thank on. Thank you. Thank Unless you're at the well, pool in the backyard or something. Right, exactly. He he does not want he want if he if Bob comes to your house. By the way, for anyone who's working up an invite for Bob, your house needs to look like the builder's model. It needs to look like no people actually live there. 
and then do not serve him food because it doesn't matter what you serve him. Unless um, it's spaghetti I, pie, he's not going to want to eat it. Just I'm go even, ahead and I'm be go- honest. It's I'm, a short life. Be honest about I, who you are. I'm looking. I'm looking at what looks like a giant cake, and here's what it's made out of: pure hot dog water jello. Middle layer hot dog water jello with chunks of hot dog suspended in it, and you can see it because it's hot dog jello water. Bottom layer hot dog jello. No, I I I'm free. I don't have to do that anymore in my life. I'm going to turn down the uh, the invite. Sorry. So far. <laughs> you don't have to go. You don't have to go. And no one no, should ever right. invite you. And then everybody right. wins. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. As human beings, sometimes we just have things that we want done a certain way. And it can't always be your way. You have to sometimes bend to the person that you're married to. Would you agree with that, Sherry? Do you think that's a good advice? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me give give you an example, okay? Um, My wife, Mary, uh, does so many very nice things for me. I mean, she's a great cook. And, you know, when when I come to her and I say, I've had this twitch like in my stomach i think it's cancer she will take me aside and say when did you get a blood test last i said uh, about two days ago how did it turn out perfect all right shut up and then i move along so she does very positive things for me here's here's what i have to do and and it's been expanded it's been expanded as of yesterday for some reason she cannot close cabinets throughout the house, whether it's drawers in the bedroom, cabinets in the kitchen. If she goes in to get a glass of water in the water cabinet, it's left open. If if she uses the, micro, uh, the, uh, the microwave uh, to zap something, it's left open. Um, I've never, nearly been decapitated walking into the kitchen several times. So it's my job to close all the cabinets throughout the day. And of course, she's coming and going. There's lunch, there's dinner, there's breakfast, there's snacks, there's water and coffee and all. And so the, the cabinets are, I, I do this all day long. A new one has been added. And the new one is this. She, her, her new routine is she is walking to the gym. The gym w- that we use near our house is, uh, I don't know, two, two and a half miles, something like that. And she's walking, very impressive, walking to the gym and back. So that's like four miles, you know, a day. And um, she said, all right, here's what you need to do. You know the guest bathroom? I went, yeah. She said, okay, um, I don't want the lid to be put down on the toilet. Leave the lid up. Put, put the toilet seat down, but leave the lid up. And I went, Is why? Is that for the dog or the cat? No, no. She said, sometimes I come in. And I'm going to be coming in hot because I've been walking two, <laughs> two and a half miles. I can't deal with a closed lid. I said, are you kidding me? You, you, it only takes, she says, don't argue with me. If you were a woman, you would understand. Just do it. So now I have to, in addition to cowboying all of the you know other things that I'm closing, I have to put the lid up. So it's closing the cabinets. <laughs> It's closing the microwave, but keeping the <laughs> lid up all the, all the time. And, and that's now become part of my routine. 
This is what it, this is what it means. And and if I don't if I don't take it seriously, I'm not hundred percent into this marriage. <laughs> this is interesting. I, I'm I, I understand exactly what she's talking about. Um, I've never known anybody to make this request before. I haven't either. I have some experience yeah. with women. Yeah. So ring down, lid up. Got to get specific for you. No one does get tired. specific. I thought. I thought. I thought the seat down. You know, I'm very um, thoughtful. I thought that was. You know, I was hitting the home run because so many guys. You know, they don't care. They just don't care, right? Uh, whatever. It's me. I'm not that guy. But now I'm adding one more to all of these things in this house. There's just Marriage. so much to re- so much to remember. Marriage is no one can no one can explain to you what marriage is going to be. No one. Uh, my husband and I had um, we had words before the sun was up this morning. Are you ready? So he gets up really really early. Like he, there's no reason for any human being to wake up when he does. He's just one of those people. He wakes up early, mm-hmm. and the minute his eyes open, he gets out of bed, which I'm bewildered by. Because if you let me, I'll stay in bed for an hour. I'll look at my phone. I'll pet the dog. Like. His eyes open, he sits up and gets out of bed. So Mm -hmm. um, I got up early too and a little earlier before my alarm went off and I went looking for him and he was um, out in the garage feeding the big dog breakfast Mm -hmm. and he had some like boomerang channel on the TV in the garage and he was strumming his banjo, literally strumming his, (laughs) strumming the old banjo. Okay. What is he, Stephen Foster? (laughs) I swear to you. So this is like maybe 541 or so. Um, so the show is getting ready to start and uh, he's strumming the old banjo and the dog is eating and um, he's picking and a grinning. And he says to me, hey, woman, near and near and near. Did you remember to pay the taxes on the 15th? Because we have to self-employed. We pay estimated quarterly taxes. Did you remember to pay taxes? And I said, no, I did not. Why didn't you remind me? I thought you knew. And I was like, I literally am dying from stress. And you're out here like Roy freaking Clark with the dog. <laughs> I could see it. I could see your face. And, and I know what that feeling is. And, and, and the can, banjo, I oh God, can I just remind everybody? Can I just remind everybody that March 15th was 14 days ago? Say, hey, Marty Stewart, how's about you ask me about the taxes 14 days ago and not at 541 on a Tuesday when the show is about to start. And the last thing I can do is focus on anything but that. It's not just that. It's not just that. It's not the time. It's not the date. It's the banjo. Because the banjo is is like the... um, kind of goofy cousin of the of the guitar and he's and here's here's the thing asking you to work his his methods are different than mine like he gets up really early and he does things and then he goes and does other things that he's supposed to like he's already long gone um for the day um but when someone when you are very tired and very stressed out and the man you love is strumming on the old banjo and asking you if you did something 14 days ago? Mm-hmm. 
It's real hard not to yep. kill them with your hands. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we know it's that time of year when you're probably saying, Can you believe this, Bill? Believe it. Tell us about it. Can you believe it? And we'll pay four lucky listeners' bills off up to $500 each. Hell yeah. We'll help you burn that bill. Burn that bill. Register at BobandSherry.com on the contest tab where it says, Can you believe this, Bill? And we'll burn it. Burn it. From Bob and Sherry. Hell yeah. Let's go. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. This is a wild story. A guy named George Rebellis went into a thrift store in Ferris, Texas, a place called the Souls Harbor Thrift Store, and he spotted something that he just had to have. It was a a CD from Bachman Turner Overdrive. It's very specific. Yeah. Very specific. George was like, I, I got to have that BTO CD. So he bought it and he brought it home and he didn't open the case for like a month. And when he did, there was something inside there that blew his mind. It's going to blow yours. It was a Polaroid photo with a date handwritten on the back of the photo. The date was 11 63 And the Polaroid was a photo of President John F. Kennedy riding in his motorcade in Dallas moments before the assassination. How crazy is that? Rebellis said, I realized immediately that this was an unpublished photograph. I was excited, but it was odd to find it in in a CD case. So... An expert named Ferris Rookstall III, Rookstool, great name, Ferris Rookstool III, he used to be an analyst for the FBI, and he's um, kind of a renowned JFK historian. Historian. Yeah. He said the photo is authentic. You know, this is an actual authentic photo. And he says, this is something pretty nice to have from history. This is something no one has seen in probably 60 years. So Rebellus said he doesn't know yet whether he's going to keep the photo or try to sell it to a collector. Um, it's hard to guess what it might be worth. A lot. Right? My guess is a lot and never before seen photo. And I'll remind you that just this past December, the um, National Archives released like, what was it, 13,000, 14,000 documents connected to the Kennedy yeah. assassination. And apparently about 95, 96... of what we have on Kennedy is now in the public domain, including this never-before-seen Polaroid of JFK before that horrific event. That's crazy. That is absolutely amazing. And and the fact that he was able to get it authenticated. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. 
Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.